to episode 7 of Oh Sweet Music. I'm your host Sophie Anderson and this is the music podcast where every Wednesday we delve into a song inspired by an event in music history that occurred on the day the podcast is released. That's always such a mouthful. But today's episode is actually based on a listener request. So remember, if you've ever got any requests for anything that you want me to chat about on the podcast, then you can just send it into us either over email, over Instagram, whatever suits you. But if you want to join me on today's episode, on her journey today, then we should really get into an attire that represents the country that you're from. So I'm from Scotland, so I could wear a nice kilt, perhaps a wee tartan jumper, maybe some Anderson tartan, since my surname is Anderson. But if you've got your country's national dress on, then you're sorted, because today we're travelling back to 1969, when on the 29th of March, the 14th Eurovision National Song Contest and the competition's first and only ever tie took place, which is pretty cool, all that, all those years ago. And before we get into the episode first, let me admit that I'm not a huge Eurovision fan, which I'll probably get killed for saying. It's just never been my thing. It probably will never be my thing. The only Eurovision song that I can think of that I actually really like is probably Waterloo by ABBA. And I mean, I've not listened to every Eurovision song ever, so I'm sure there will be some that I like. Um, But that probably makes me sound really miserable, which I promise I'm not. But I'm just being honest and... This particular Eurovision contest is quite interesting and it's kind of laced with a lot of political intricacies and controversies that we'll get into later in the episode. And although this episode will focus more on the event itself, the song that we'll be delving into is Boom Bang A Bang by Lulu, which was one of the four of the winning songs in the four-way tie that year. And since I'm from the UK, it's the UK submission. It's quite a basic choice there, um, but it will be focusing more on the event itself, I suppose. So, like I said, in 1969, four countries were declared joint winners of Eurovision. So, the UK with Boom Bang A Bang by Lulu, which, to be honest, I think is a bang average song. It's quite a generic love song, pretty boring, nothing special, in my opinion. Um, And then we have Spain with Vivo or Vivo Cantado by Salome, which translates as I Live Singing, and I actually did quite like this song. It starts as a kind of slow, dramatic ballad, and then suddenly turns into a kind of fun, cheesy Spanish 60s pop song. So I actually did quite like this song, a lot more than the UK submission. And then we had The Netherlands with De Troubadour by Lenny Kerr, which was my personal favourite out of the four, and it's this kind of Dutch folk song about a troubadour like a musical poet and it's actually quite a beautiful song I actually really did enjoy that so I take back my comment about Waterloo being the only Eurovision song that I've ever liked and then there was France with Un Jour Un Infant by Frida Bacora um, which is a ballad from the perspective of a child which not my thing not for me but they're all worth a listen because you might like some of them but I think the Netherlands and the Spanish song from that year were the best. But at the time they all drew, there was no tiebreaker rule and so it was quite controversial that it was even allowed to happen and it did kind of damage Eurovision's reputation per se. But looking at the song, 
that we're focusing today, um, one of the winger, one of one of the wingers, one of the winners, Boom Bang a Bang, by Lulu. So Lulu's a Scottish singer, which should mean something to me, but to be honest, her music just doesn't do anything for me. I can see why people like her, but I'm not a big fan personally. And being from the UK myself, I decided to focus on this song, but there isn't much to delve into. When it comes to the lyrics, to be honest, it really is just a generic 60s love song and it doesn't have all that much about it. Like, the lyrics are literally just, you know, asking her lover to cuddle her tight and saying that her heart goes boom, bang, a bang. Like, there's not much to it. And even Lulu herself wasn't too keen on singing the song or even competing in Eurovision whatsoever. She had to cut her honeymoon short with Marie Skibb member of the Bee Gees which is quite cool I didn't even know they were married um, to compete in the competition and she actually preferred another song that was submitted to be the song performed at Eurovision called I Can't Go On Living Without You and that song was submitted by Elton John and Bernie Taupin before or Taupin Taupin before they were even famous so who knew pretty cool and they didn't even win and they obviously went on to become a lot more successful than the restraints of Eurovision or even a lot more famous than Lulu as well and I did find that pretty interesting and it's also quite interesting the BBC actually banned the song in the 90s during the Gulf War because they wanted to remain impartial you know and decided against playing any songs that had any lyrics that might be connected um, to the war in any way and that included songs that even mentioned sounds that might occur on a battlefield and obviously boom bang a bang has a couple of those just even in the title so that was scrapped from the BBC playing list during the Gulf War and I do find that really interesting like they banned anti-war songs so things like John Lennon's Give Peace a Chance things like that but they also banned even songs mentioning any previous British army enemies so songs like Beat the Beatles, Back in the USSR or Abba's Waterloo and I do find that pretty cool. I don't envy the man or woman that had to go through all of the songs in the world to see if they had any anything that could have related to any of those things because I, I can imagine there was a lot of songs that weren't allowed to be played um, during that time. But getting back to today's events, I did say that there were a lot of kind of political intri intricacies under the Eurovision 1969 four-way tie and I don't usually talk politics and history on the podcast but in this case it does kind of tie in and relate to the music and this is because when the four-way tie happened in 1969 Spain was under the Franco regime and to give you a quick summary of the Franco regime and this is a very quick very 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 basic summary so don't think that I'm trying to claim to be some historian or anything like that this is just my basic understanding um so basically francisco franco was the dictator ruled over spain from 1939 until 1975 his death and he basically you know oppressed the human rights of the spanish people during his reign it was all in all just a very extreme dictator he really repressed the culture and language especially of the basque and catalan regions in spain and when he rose to power, it was during the Spanish Civil War and Nazi Germany and fascist Italy helped him do so, which in itself gives you an idea of what kind of leader he was. 
Um, but the Franco regime were basically using the 1969 Eurovision contest as an advert for Spain. And they were doing so um, in previous years as well. So Spain won the competition the year before in 1968 with La 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 by Maciel, which I actually did quite enjoy the song. I preferred it over Boom Bang A Bang. It sounds quite like a Spanish version of the Mamas and Papas, which is one of my favourite 60s bands that I really liked. Um, so that's worth a listen, that song. But Maciel had actually been a last minute replacement for Joan Manuel Serrat, who was a musician championing Catalan culture, which had, like I said, obviously been hugely oppressed by the Franco regime. And the singer expressed the intention to sing some of La 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 in Catalan during Eurovision, during her performance. And so she was very quickly dropped and replaced by Masael. And even beyond this, so, I mean, even in choosing the musician to perform at Eurovision that year, Franco wasn't even wasn't even hiding any kind of backdrop that his regime was bringing to those decisions. And even beyond this, there was some controversy around Spain's win in 1968, which I don't know if I quite believe, because... So Spain won by one point, and they just bet the UK with Cliff Richard singing Congratulations, which is one of the worst songs in the world, in my opinion. So I, that's why I don't know if I believe this. And it's literally the song that is played in Frankie and Benny's when it's someone's birthday, and songs like that are a reason that I'm just not a Eurovision fan. God, I really do sound miserable and I promise I'm quite an upbeat person. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so Spain bet Cliff Richard in the UK with congratulations. And this song, Cliff Richard's song, was actually a hit all over Europe. And so it was expected to win. So voting rigging rumours started to kind of surface. And the story was that Spain bribed Germany for their vote and said if they did so, they would adopt... A German TV transmission system. So that was the rumour that Spain told Germany if they voted for them in Eurovision they would adopt this TV system. Now whether this is true or not we'll just never know for sure um, but Eurovision has always kind of been filled with political intrigue and rumours. And then the following year, the tie-break year in 1969, every country just basically turned a blind eye when it took when it came to Spain competing in Eurovision except Austria, who boycotted, even though, like I said, the Franco regime was very clearly detrimental to the Spanish people's human rights. And it's very different, even when you compare the situation to present day, like Russia not being allowed to compete in the World Cup and things like that, whereas it seemed to have been very much brushed under the carpet in the 60s, which is quite different to now. I suppose, uh, but I suppose there's just a lot more checks and balances and maybe, I don't know, maybe social media and things, people are more aware of what's going on in the world. But competing in Eurovision ultimately gave Franco a chance to put on this kind of false show for Spain and take away focus from the kind of grim political reality of the country and create this false sense of security and unity with the other competing countries that wasn't there in reality. And they even got Salvador Dali, the famous surrealist artist, to do the publicity for the competition. And if you live in Glasgow, like me, you'll know that his, you know, iconic Jesus Christ painting is in Kelvin Grove Art Gallery, which is quite cool that such an iconic painting is pretty much on my doorstep. And I should probably go, I mean, I have visited it in Kelvin Grove quite a lot, but I should probably go more just because it's there. <laughs> 
but by the late 60s Dali was a national celebrity and his kind of surrealist creative posters allowed Spain to paint themselves as this hub of like creativity, passion, art, when Franco was literally restricting all of those forms of expression in the country. I'll put a photo of the Dali Eurovision posters on the social media pages for the podcast so that you can have a wee look and, and see them. But they were really kind of cool, surrealist. It's like this clock and this pair of lips and, you know, basically an expression of what Spain was not at that time. Um, but Dali really had no problems working with the Franco regime for Eurovision. And I was quite shocked, even once um, he said about Franco... And this is a quote, I have reached the conclusion that he is a saint, which is a very, very bold statement to make. I mean, maybe not in Spain at the time, but I, I, I don't know why. I was, I was quite surprised to hear that. I suppose it's just because I like his art and you would like to think that he wouldn't be associated with such a kind of dark regime. But yeah, quite a lot of dark undertones in 1969 Eurovision. And Spain won twice in a row, 1968, 1969 even if the second one was a draw. But I reckon that's quite a good place to wrap up the episode. I know I don't usually talk history or politics on the podcast, but it's really interesting in connection with this event, the four-way Eurovision tie. Even if I hate Eurovision, oh, hate's a strong word, even if I don't like Eurovision, and please, no one kill me for saying that. But thank you so much for listening, as always. This event was actually, um, this week's event was actually a listener request. So remember, if you have any feedback for the podcast or any requests for any songs, genres, eras, bands, artists that you want me to cover on the podcast, then just send us a wee email at allsweetmusicrequests at hotmail.com. That's allsweetmusicrequests at hotmail.com, all lowercase, no exclamation mark. Or you can drop us a wee message on Instagram at oh Sweet Music Podcast, and also be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at oh Sweet Music to get involved with our episodes every week. And also, last thing, as always, if you've got a wee spare minute, then give us a review on wherever you listen to your podcasts, and this just lets other people find us. Now, next episode is quite a dark one. So if you're strange and you're into dark things, then be sure to tune in. Um, but quite an interesting one next week, so that's a good one to listen to. But thank you so much for listening to episode seven. Have a lovely week and I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Just talk to the people If you keep in line Then you'll keep yourself right Everybody ready?